Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, and more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 294 for Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. And today is Science Wednesday. Beginning next Wednesday, we will begin to explore parts of our own solar system. And we'll explore some of the bodies beginning with Mercury and going out from there. And yes, we will include the Sun at some point in time as well. But before we actually begin that series, one week from today, I thought it would be very apropos to talk to someone that I haven't spoken with in over 40 years. You see, he was a college classmate of mine at Linden State College in northeastern Vermont in the late 1970s and early 1980s. His name is Jonathan Talbot, and he was an ROTC member back in our days in college. And once he got his degree in meteorology, he became a hurricane hunter and was with the Air Force for many decades. However, that's not the reason we're having him on today. You see, he's retired from the Air Force now, and he will return to Weather Jazz to give us a little bit of an insight of what it was like to be a hurricane hunter. We'll probably do that as we approach the hurricane season later this year. However, what we're going to do today is talk about Jonathan's hobby. And it began a number of years ago. We'll talk about his entry point into this hobby, but it certainly has a lot to do with astronomy. Without further delay, here's the conversation that I enjoyed with my former classmate, Jonathan Talbot, from Linden State College in Lindenville, Vermont, now better known as Northern Vermont University at Linden. John, it's great to have you on Weather Jazz. Yeah, nice to see you, Andre. It's been a long time. It has been a while, um, and you haven't changed one iota. And uh, I'm, I mean that in all sincerity. So I want to know what your secret is. Yeah, well, thanks. Well, you know, as, as you can see, you know, my, my hair color's changed a little bit <laughs> over the years. But uh, yeah, we, we, you know, like, like you, we all stay active. You know, I think that's oh, the yeah. key. Yeah, keep, keep your body and your brain active, you know. You're exactly right. Yeah. And of course, when we last, last saw each other face to face, I had big brown curly hair and a giant fro in that, some cases. Absolutely. And that's all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you um, 
I'm going to have you back on at some point in time. I've already mentioned on the beginning of the program today that you were employed by the Air Force as a hurricane hunter for many years. Got to have you back on. And we'll talk about hurricanes, maybe as the hurricane season approaches. Wonderful. Uh, and yeah, I would imagine you have a ton of stories that might even span tens or even hundreds of uh, podcast episodes. Uh, so we'll save that for another time. All righty. But now you're retired. Yes. And yeah, and you have been posting some of the most amazing astro photographs that I have ever seen. And of course, you're in the super high end uh, of astrophotography now. You do it digitally, long duration exposures uh, with uh, all kinds of computer programs, I would imagine, to help you do that kind of thing. You go to star parties. Take me back to the time when your interest in astrophotography or astronomy in general started. Yeah, well, sure. That's a great question. Um, well, the first time I was really, um, when, I, when I first saw a telescope was when my cousin got a telescope back when I, I guess I was eight years old, maybe eight mm. or nine, nine years old. And I remember looking at that thinking that would be really neat to look through. Unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to do that. So, you know, years went by. When I was at Linden State College, I took an astronomy course there as one of my electives, um, you know, as part of the meteorology program. And uh, I remember sitting up there on the hill above the main part of the campus. And we had to, you know, do a few things and figure out what star was what star. And that was kind of neat. And then my, you know, the, the interest kind of waned a little bit, but I was busy, you know, my professional career and so forth. And um, I got to the point where my daughters um, needed cars. You know what happens when your kids get, you know, 15, 16 years old. They want right. to drive cars. And uh, we were big into boating at the time, and we lived along the Gulf Coast. So um, I decided to sell the boat. And I thought to myself, you know, I need to figure out something to do to keep me active. You know, I, mm. I'm... I'm, I was, you know, that was my hobby at the time and, and that kind of went away. So I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to buy myself a telescope and, and, and I brought, I bought a little one and, and it was, it was one of the comets. I believe it was uh, Hale Bop was in the sky and we could see it in our backyard just by look, looking up. So that got me to go to our local, you know, department store and buy a telescope so we could look at the comet. Um, unfortunately, I've, soon realized that a telescope is really not what you want to use to look at a comet because they're too big when they're close. <laughs> so that kind of got me going into it. And I started reading magazines and saw great, wonderful pictures that people would take. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give that a try. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, where it all began. You know, and that was, was Hale Bop your first photograph then that you that you snapped or um, I didn't actually take a picture of it. We just looked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, it was, I believe, 2000 or 2001 was my first photograph. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that comet was in the sky in 1999 or 
around there or 98 or something like that. But um, yeah, the first photograph was uh, through a little telescope with just a point and shoot digital camera. You know, I, uh, I, I, I started right at the days when the film cameras were going away and the digital mm-hmm. cameras were starting. So uh, yeah, that's where uh, my journey began. Okay, well, take me uh, then. Obviously, there's a quantum leap then from when you first started to what you're doing now. Was that a gradual process? How long did it take to get you to where you are today? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, it is a gradual process. Uh, When I first started, there was nobody to teach you how to do it. Mm -hmm. So it was all by trial and error. Um, Wow. Nowadays, there's all kinds of online courses and you can go from not knowing anything about this to taking wonderful images. I mean, really nice high class stuff up within a year. But for me, it took me 20 years, you know, and I'm still learning about stuff. But uh, yeah, it was a very slow process. I had to read a lot of books mm-hmm. and um, I bought just about every book that you can think of. And um I had a period in time, this was, I guess, the early 2000s where, you know, being in the military, doing what we did, you know, flying into hurricanes, we were actually sent overseas and we thought it was going to be for about six months to a year. So I brought a lot of reading material with me and uh, we ended up in Guam and I brought a little telescope and luckily one of the guys on our, on our crew, our navigator, was interested too. And him and I would spend time trying to figure out how to take pictures there for about six months while we were um, in, in Guam. And that mm-hmm. helped a lot, reading and stuff. And um, so over the years, I got um, more involved with the software side of, you know, digital processing because it's, uh, you know, using things like Photoshop and and uh, other pieces of software that are just for astronomy. And um, one thing led to another. And of course, you know, it uh, I had to buy a new telescope more than once in my life. <laughs> and that brought on new challenges each time that happened. And, and of course, then there's the cameras and mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, uh, the, so it was all, uh, it's been just a buildup, I think, over, you know, mm-hmm. probably the first 10 years was the real intense learning curve. Wow. And I went to star parties to see how people did things. And, and mm-hmm. you know, um, those are always great events that happen around the country and around the world every, every year uh, for people just to, just if you don't know anything about it, just to look through a telescope in a place that's really dark. Unfortunately, what's your favorite uh, favorite star party? Uh, favorite state for star party? I've seen a lot of your posts from Texas, but uh, uh, I would imagine that you've attended them all over the country. Yeah, uh, my first one was by a company that I, I, I purchased one of their telescopes, and mm-hmm. it was not a you know very very ex- expensive piece of equipment, but I took some really neat pictures with, with it. And mm-hmm. they invited me out to their star party, which was in Northern California, up in the Sierras. Mm-hmm. And I gave a talk on how I did it. And that was my first one, which is a wonderful star party, by the way. I, I try to get out there. Well, I, it's been a few years now um, since the, you know, all the stuff with the pandemic happened. But uh, 
Um, I'll get back out there hopefully maybe this next spring in, in Northern California. I really love Texas and Oklahoma. Mm, and okay. uh, so there's a star party in Texas called the um, Texas Star Party. It's a very large event with six to 700 people. And there's another one that uh, is really, you know, on my top favorite list, which is in Western Oklahoma, in a little town called Kenton. It's right on the Colorado, uh, New Mexico, and Oklahoma border, right there in those the three quarters area there. Mm-hmm. And the skies are wonderfully dark. And that's the thing about a star party. You know, people go to these places because the skies are very dark. How many times have you walking out, you know, gone into your backyard at night, you know, and looked up, can you see the Milky Way? Probably not. Yeah, yeah um, not too many places. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a very eye-opening experience when you can see that because it just tells you, uh, you know, how small we are in the big picture of things um, in, in the universe. We're just a pinprick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I've been to a bunch of star parties and, and that's graduated now. And uh, it's gotten to the point where I go to these events to teach people how to do astrophotography. And I hold uh, two to three day courses at most of these. And, uh, you know, um, we get to teach uh, young kids that are coming up and, and they want to know how to do it. And um, I try to teach them how to do it the best way I can. So, Well, there's absolutely no doubt that John's neighbors know what his hobby is. And when we come back from a short break, I'll let you know why that is. You don't want to miss it. Let's now pick up on the conversation that I had with Jonathan Talbot, retired Air Force hurricane hunter with a unique hobby. And his neighbors know all about it now. And here's why. Now, you have in your backyard, I think, uh, a um, you built a, an observatory. Tell me about the observatory. I, I saw it when it was uh, in the process on Facebook over the years. Mm. And uh, tell me how that came about. Well, I actually have two in my backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, okay. have a, I have a, a small building in the backyard that I've, I built back in oh, probably 2003, 2004. And it was my first real telescope, my first real camera that I used. And, and it's, it has a roof that actually you go up there and you put your hands on it and you push it off. It's on wheels. And that opens up the building so you can see the sky. Um, so I used that for probably about uh, five or six years. And, you know, things happen when it, uh, when it rains, uh, being along the Gulf Coast. We get a lot of pop-up showers and things. And one night, um, I was sitting here actually in my office, kind of doing some touch-up to an image I had taken. And my telescope was running. And all of a sudden, I heard, you know, the, the summer downpour started. You know, this oh, one no. cloud. Oh, no. Popped up <laughs> over the Gulf, which happens a lot around here at mm-hmm. the summer. And it rolled, happened to come right over my house. <laughs> wow. So mm. I ran outside, closed everything up. Everything got soaking wet, but nothing was ruined, but just got all wet. And after that, I decided, you know what? I need a real observatory 
uh, with a, a dome on it and s- mm-hmm. with some type of automation system that allowed it to, you know, read the weather and open and close and things like that. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. that got me on the roll. And um, I don't know, I, uh, I grac- my wife graciously uh, said, yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> so I, um, I spent a few months putting together a, uh, a building in my backyard um, that has a dome on it. It's about 10 foot by 10 foot. And it mm-hmm. houses my computer equipment, the telescope, the mount, and everything like that. And it's totally automated now. So um, I can sit in my, I usually sit inside Mm -hmm. in my office to run it, you know? So it's a, it's a really, really nice system and not something that everybody would do of course in their backyard. You really have to probably be um, kind of crazy into astrophotography like I am to do this, but um, um, it, it took me, Oh goodness, several months to build it. And probably mm-hmm. four or five years to really outfit it, you know, buying pieces here and there at a time. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is like buying a boat. It's very expensive. So um, I picked and choose and uh, spent a few years putting it all together. And it's been up and running now for about five or six years. Yeah. Now, uh, what is your favorite photo that you've taken up to this point in time, do you have one or maybe a, a set of photos that is your absolute pride and joy? Yeah, that actually goes in two categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in a suburban area. There's a lot of lights here. Mm. Um, although, you know, we're in a little darker spot in the town close to the Gulf of Mexico. So to my south, there are no lights. Just it's the, it's the ocean. So um, I guess the two categories would be an image that I took at home under all these lights and an image that I've done at a star party where it's, you know, very, very dark. And it's very, it's relatively easy to get a nice picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so last winter, I took a picture of this thing called the Dolphin Nebula. It's a uh, big glowing gas bubble in the sky created by a star. The star uh, stars have uh, these what they call um, stellar winds that it's basically energy that, you know, propagates out from the star and it ionizes gas. And in this case, it created this big bubble in the sky. And this image took me, oh, I'd say two to three months to do from home to get all the exposures that were needed um, to show it Mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I guess that's my favorite from, from here at home, mm-hmm. um, at a star party just recently this past, uh, um, October when I was in Oklahoma, I took an image of a area of the sky, which had this, this, all this dust and gas, you know, and, and it has a, what looks like a hand, an outstretched hand. And its nickname is the Helping Hand Nebula. Oh, and, okay. Uh, wow. That was probably my best image I've ever done at a star party before. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, those are my two <laughs> best images. Would you do me a favor and would you be able to send me links to those two so that I can post them on uh, weatherjazz.com so that people can quickly 
Take a look at the photos that uh, we're referencing here. Sure. Is that possible? Absolutely. Great. Very, very cool. Well, what is next? Uh, Do you have any uh, new equipment that you're eyeing or any targets that you've always wanted to take a picture of and haven't yet uh, attempted? Okay. So um, equipment-wise, I planned for many years that I would be pretty much set up with what I wanted equipment-wise when I retired. So Mm -hmm. um, I have everything that I need and you know there's always new things but um i have a very very fine um refractor six inch refractor telescope from the same company that i that invited me out to their star party way back in 2001 to talk Mm -hmm. and um and a camera um that i recently purchased last year um astronomical camera with a uh, you know it should last me in through my retirement uh, days, I, I believe all this stuff. However, um, I've gotten into a few different things now lately. I'm, I'm starting to take images of these objects called planetary nebula, which mm-hmm. are, um, you know, back in, in, back in the early days of astronomy, um, some of the early astronomers would look through telescopes and see these blobs in the sky and they thought they were other planets. But in fact, they weren't. They were stars that had reached the end of their life and they had um, thrown all their gas into space. That's the same thing that would happen to the sun, you know, in a billion years or so. It uses up all its hydrogen and it starts to burn helium. And then it fuses all that and it becomes a huge, gigantic star and it expels all this gas into space and this gas glows and you can see it. Well, these planetary nebula are all over the sky. And I've gotten involved with some researchers um, to image planetary nebula that have really never been imaged before because all the professional telescopes are very, very busy. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that and probably will be doing that a lot in the future here. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of targets that I get in the, that will last me, you know, uh, for 20 years now. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where cool. I'm going. Um, I've been working on some lately and, uh, you know, just takes time, but being mm-hmm. at home, um, I have plenty of time being retired. Um, this is, sort of my career now and I've got plenty of time to, you know, let the telescope do its thing, whether it's over a month or two or even three, you know, it, in the end, I, I, yeah, I get a nice picture in the end. So. You have a website um, that you post a lot of your pictures and if people wanted to check out some of the images, where would they go? And of course we'll provide a link on weatherjazz.com episode number 294 for anybody who is uh, listening and wanting that link. But uh, your website? Yeah, it's uh, starskateimaging.com. And uh, you can see all the pictures over the last probably uh, 10 years are loaded on that site. So neat stuff. Jonathan, I could talk another hour about uh, astrophotography with you as uh, as someone who started very early, but uh, 
never pursued it beyond my six-inch Schmidt Casa Green, which I sold to another gentleman. Uh, but I don't regret those days because uh, I learned a lot. But it sounds like the, the science and the, the methods have really accelerated in a, in a very fun way. And it's been fun watching you to share your pictures on social media and, and on your website. So uh, won't you come back anytime there's something new, not only in astrophotography or maybe a cool picture that you took, but also come back during the hurricane season and talk to me about your, uh, your days as a hurricane hunter. Yes, that'll be fun. Yeah, I've got a lot of good stories talking about hurricanes. <laughs> I would imagine, <laughs> yes, yeah. Especially uh, a lot of lightning stories and a lot of uh, what's it look like mm-hmm. inside the eye of a hurricane. Kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. John, thanks so much for your time, and I appreciate it. And we will talk to you very, very soon. Thank you so much, Andre. Just a reminder that if you'd like to see some of the images that we talked about today during our conversation, they are posted right now on weatherjazz.com, episode number 294. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence and use all means possible, including emails, social media, But my favorite is always word of mouth, eyeball to eyeball. There's nothing like it. There's really no better way to communicate your excitement about a topic or a subject than by doing it face to face. And it would have increasing significance if you know somebody who is into looking at things in the heavens, especially at night, even astrophotography, or at least would have an interest in getting into astrophotography, this would be a great introduction to that. And we'll also have Jonathan come back and let us know just exactly how easy it is to get into astrophotography if you have no clue where to start. That will come in a future episode right here on Weather Jazz. So it's important to make sure that you subscribe to Weather Jazz If you are listening to this via a podcast app or you just keep returning to weatherjazz.com and checking every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for the new episodes that I post. Well, if you have a question or a topic suggestion or you just like to pop in to say hello, you can get in touch with me a number of ways. First of all, if you're listening to this on your run or on your drive into work, Don't worry about the details of this. Just go to weatherjazz.com, click on the contacts tab at the very top, and all this information will be available to you. You can reach me via email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also you can leave a voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. That number is 234-525-5888. Again, 234-525-5888. Well, Open Line Friday is right around the corner. That's always a very fun episode for me because you just never know what I'm going to bring up. And yes, it can be weather and it can be science, but it can also range in topic from A to Z. And that's one of the reasons I tend to have a lot of fun on Open Line Friday. Of course, every single episode is a lot of fun for me to produce, and I'm glad you're a part of it. 
So get ready. We'll be back on Friday with Open Line Friday right here on Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Pop!